Я думаю, что каждый тоже изменился Вы можете измениться. Каждый может измениться. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our bonus episode of Exploit It. I'm Alexis Jowski. And if I can change, and you can change, the whole world can change. I'm Kevin Daly. I was going to clap when you said that. Yes. yes. <laughs> going to stand up and clap. I mean, Gorbachev does. Yeah. And our bonus episode is Rocky IV, 1985, directed by Sylvester Stallone. The Soviet Union has officially entered professional boxing. This is not just an exhibition fight, but this is us against them. He would like to compete against anyone who is qualified. Drago is the most perfectly trained athlete ever. Whatever he hits, he destroys. He could have stopped the fight. He could have saved his best friend's life. I'll never forget you, Tom. But now, the one thing he can't do is walk away. Has the fight date been set yet? December 25th. Where? It's in Russia. Are you nuts? Miss Balboa, when will you be going to Russia? I'm not going to Russia. I don't know what you're talking about. He's had one professional fight, and one man is dead. To baby, he's going to have to kill me. Why can't you change your thinking? Because I'm a fighter. You can't win! We've both said it's our favorite Rocky movie. Yeah, it's my favorite Rocky movie. It's not the best Rocky movie, but it's my favorite. No, no. The best is the first one. Yeah. Well, two was also really good. Right. I mean, those are like quality films. And I've heard the Creed movies are very good, too. Yeah. Um, The continuation of the Rocky series. (laughs) But Rocky IV gives us Dolph Lundgren, who we've had on the show before. Yes, in his first uh, American role. Well, this is his first American role. We had him on before in Masters of the Universe. Right, that's what I, that's what I meant. Yep. This is also the first movie in the the Rocky franchise where the music is not by Bill Conti. I mean, it's the only one, right? I believe so. Because he was busy working on like Karate Kid. Yeah, he was doing the Karate Kid movies. Did he do the others? Well, he I think he, so. he might have even done the Creed one. He's still alive. See, I know he did. I was reading about Bill Conti's score here. 
Well, he did Rocky two, one, two, three, five, and Rocky Balboa in 2006. Who did the music for Creed? Because Balboa was the last in the Rocky series proper, right? Yeah, because then we go into the Creed movies. Which, technically, the Creed movies are Rocky 7, 8, 9, to whatever. But, I, uh, I had but, to specify, because I, I went to, I typed Creed into Wikipedia, and guess what it brought up? Was your arms wide open? Yep, an American rock band from Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, Creed, the music is by Ludwig Gordonson. So, no, not Conti. Name is familiar. Oh, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. <laughs> okay, let's, yeah, let's not do that. That name is familiar, though. So they got Vince DiCola to do the music for this. His big claim to flame was he did the, the music for 1986 Transformers movie. Right. That no one really remembers for, like, the score. Just, like, the, the uh, licensed soundtrack, right? Yeah. I mean, well, a lot of people still talk about the score for that, but I don't know if it's... Oh, I, I'm not part of the Transformers 1986 community. I know at one point they played Dare to be Stupid in that movie. I do like that, <laughs> I do like that song. It, it, it doesn't seem fitting in a Transformers movie where you have Orson Welles as the voice of Space God or whatever. Right. But Rocky, it starts off and we get we get some Eye of the Tiger still. Yep. Playing over the opening scene and we get a montage, the film's only montage. <laughs> Yeah, the only montage. No, it's one of like 70. Yeah. The movie is a montage of montages. It is. In fact, it gets really bad later, and I have notes about one of the more egregious ones. But yeah, we get the American flag boxing glove and the USSR boxing glove. They smash together. It explodes, says Rocky Four, And we get... It's about the most 1985 thing you can possibly think of. Yeah, and we get uh, some of the Clubber Lang fight, like the end of it. As Rocky beats the shit out of Mr. T. Apollo yeah, Rocky- Creed is kissing Polly. <laughs> Rocky 3 is also a fun movie. It is. Rock- oh, Mr. T puts in a hell of a performance. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he sells that, that role pretty, pretty well, for sure. I think, don't they do a Rocky Marathon on 4th of July, incidentally? <laughs> Probably the, all the movies are on Netflix. Yep, watch whatever you want. Yeah, but this one, this one is the one we watched this week yep. because it's the most patriotic. After the montage, and we learn that the movie is written and directed by Sylvester Stallone, we get Apollo and Rocky training together, kind of jokingly sparring, and they're both griping about getting old. Well, that is, is a theme of this film. It is a theme. It's a big theme. Even though this movie, I have here that it is just dripping with the '80s vibe. Oh, it is so 80s. Yeah. And Rocky comes home just in time for, for Polly's birthday. His... By the way, fuck... I'm just saying now, fuck Polly. Why? He's so obnoxious. He's a Jar Jar Binks in this movie. He is. He he contributes nothing at all. Just annoying as shit. Yeah, he is. He's the Jar Jar Binks, only he's got a, so, it's a sidekick to this movie. When we get to the, the, the point, there's one point in the movie where it's like, oh, okay... Well, I'm glad you're in this scene, but we'll talk about that when we get there. So, uh, and Rocky's son is, like, filming all of this, you know, the, the Pauly's birthday party. And Rocky's so excited. He's like, you won't get what your present is. You won't believe what I got you for your birthday, Polly." And they finally bring it out, and it's the robot. Happy birthday, Polly. 
is this? Your present. Yo, I wanted a sports car for my birthday. Not no walking trash can. Oh, come on, it looks great here. It's extremely psycho, Rocco. Well, since you don't have any friends, we thought you'd like it. Yeah, pretend you're happy. Well, you'll keep your company when you're all alone. That's a great looking guy. Please make a wish. It's creepy that talks, that thing. It is a fucking robot, a real robot, I believe. Yeah, it's carrying a cake. And it goes, happy birthday, Polly. Happy birthday, Polly. My understanding is this is not, in fact, like a dude in a suit. This is actually a robot. Yeah, well, it's probably like an RC thing that has scripted dialogue. The movie makes it seem like it's a thing that actually, like, does stuff and thinks on its own at some point. Like, it's got an AI yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's that advanced. But it, it like it tells it hands Polly the cake and is like, please make a wish. Yeah, I'd like to point out it has a male voice at this point. Or a male sounding voice. A masculine voice. I think that's a Yeah. Well it's got robot voice, agendered robot voice. Yeah, deeper pitch. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm saying that just to contrast it with what it sounds like later. What it becomes. Yeah. But, like, uh, Rocky Jr. covers Polly in whipped cream, and it's like, ha-ha, Uncle Polly. And the robot goes, do not worry, Polly, I will clean it for you. Yes. And I'm like, oh, this sounds like it's going to be bad. Like, we could do a whole movie about Polly's robot. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't. Yeah. Uh, We get this uh, quick romantic moment with Rocky and Adrian, where they're like, ah, we're, we're still happily married. And then Drago arrives in the United States with his entourage. To announce that the Soviet Union is entering the world of professional boxing, and it's a big deal. But then, whoosh, it's the next day, and Apollo Creed is playing in the pool with his dog. Yep. And at first, there's just we just hear the music first. That's like, there's catfish at churches, eat catfish at churches, get like, the catfish. Man, I, I'm like, man, 1985 churches ad. Yeah, and I didn't know that there was a TV. I was like... I, I buy that Apollo just hangs around in the pool listening to Church's fried chicken jingles all day. I mean, Church is good. Yeah. I'm like, I buy that this happens, but no, there is a TV. And it is an ad for, I guess they have catfish at churches right well, now. It's well, like when uh, they did when in Popeyes 1985. Get, like when Popeyes gets their uh, shrimp and, and stuff, and surf and turf sort of things they do from time to time. Oh, yeah, they had a, a ghost pepper catfish a couple of years ago. Yeah, I didn't try that. I well, should have. But fast food, it's not going to lie, fast, fast food, seafood, like fried seafood, I just, I can't do it. I can't do Captain D's, I can't do Long John oh, Silver's. I can't do, Long John Silver's was trending all day on Twitter, because somebody tweeted about, there's a secret society of people keeping Long John Silver's in business. Well, have you ever been into a Long John Silver's? Has there ever been a single person in there? Well, no, never. Same with the Captain D's here. My wife loves Captain D's. Well, no, we went in there one time when Lily was a baby, and somebody else with a baby came in, you know, and it was like Lily's first time encountering other baby, you know, and so (laughs) they just immediately hugged each other. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love that about kids, that they're just so friendly. Yeah. There's no judgment yet. We fucking lose that, and it sucks. Like, I watched my daughter... Oh, we're completely off topic. Yes, I watched my daughter at preschool, and they're just like, fine, they're giving each other hugs. Oh, I love you. I'm like, oh my god, it's so wholesome. 
I'm like, man, it sucks to be an adult. Even in the hellhole that is a, a Captain D's, babies are Even happy. The, <laughs> yes. Anyway. Churches <laughs> had catfish in 1985. Yeah, that was the point. That's the whole that was, this is strap in, folks. This is going to be an episode. And so Apollo sees the announcement of Ivan Drago entering professional boxing as a show of goodwill, and he's announced by his wife. I forgot that he was married. Oh, um, Drago? Yeah. Yeah. Ludmila Drago, played by Brigitte Nelson. Who was actually. Uh, Married to or engaged to Stallone. She was married to Stallone for two years, from eighty-five to eighty-seven. Yeah, they were they were engaged and married shortly after the release. Yep. Uh, she returned to the Rocky franchise, and Creed Two has the same character um, because Creed has to to fight Baby Drago in a Captain D's parking lot. No, <laughs> as is, as is appropriate. Brigitte Nelson. We will see her again when we eventually do Red Sonia. Which we will be doing at some point. I th- I think she's the perfect person to play uh, Dolph Lundgren's wife. Yeah, because she basically is female Dolph Lundgren. Um, <laughs> like right down to the kind of movies she's in. Yeah, because you know Red Sonia is a great movie that features or came out the same year as this, and we we will be doing that. It takes place in the Conan universe. Of course, we're doing it. Right. But then we might do some of her other films, like uh. That ICP movie, Big Money Rustlers. Oh boy! Or Snowboard Academy. But not not Creed two. No, we'll, we'll do Snowboard Academy with Corey Haim and Jim Varney. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But yeah, they're like, we would like to have an exhibition match with your famous Rocky Balboa, and they've already nicknamed Ivan Drago the Siberian Express. <laughs> So while Rocky is out washing the car, his son is dancing with Polly's robot. They're like, the maid pops out, Mr. Rocky, you got a phone call. <laughs> and the robot goes, use me. <laughs> no. Weird. Because apparently the robot has a phone. I was like, what? 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 Robot? <laughs> phone bot. Rocky, don't go answer the phone call. I'm thirsty. <laughs> use me. <laughs> um, and we we were intercut with the uh, the interview with Ivan Drago still going on. And Ivan Drago doesn't speak English, so they're all talking to like his wife and his manager. Right. He speaks very little English. Yeah, and they're like, are there rumors of steroids and doping? Nope. Uh, how do you account it for his freaky strength? He eats spinach like your Popeye. Ha ha ha. And they do it's that. Russian joke. Yes. They do that demonstration with the pounds per square inch of punches. Yep. Like, the average heavyweight boxer is 700 PSI per punch. Ivan Drago is 1850. Whatever he hits, he destroys. Yeah, obviously. Hey, he hits really hard. My husband and I thank you for coming to our training quarter today. As you can see, it is highly advanced. And we wish to show the American press a small portion of the advances our country's made in the technology of human performance. Coach Vinsky, what does all this do to enhance performance? If well, I may answer, it makes a man a better man. A great athlete, a super athlete, by harnessing all his strength. Though most of the world is ignorant in body chemistry, we wish to educate your country. There have been rumors of blood doping and widespread distribution of anabolic steroids in the Soviet Union. 
Has Drago partaken in any such experiments? No, no. Ivan is naturally trained. Then how do you explain his uh, freakish strength? Like your papa. He ate his spinach every day. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we have a demonstration? Please do. Thank you. A normal heavyweight averages 700 pounds of pressure per square inch. Drago averages 1,850 pounds. So the result's quite obvious. And what results are those? Whatever he hits, he destroys. But it is cool, actually, <laughs> to see all that technology stuff. Because that's like sports science is like a big thing now. Like, they do shit like that all the time. And apparently, according to what I'm reading, like, some of that shit wouldn't be available to public use for another 20 years. Yeah. Like, they use super advanced technology. And they, like I said, they use a lot of that stuff today. Apollo goes over to Rocky's house, so... Apollo is dressed normally. Rocky is dressed normally. And for no fucking reason, Polly is sitting at the table in like a wife feeder and tidy whities just noshing on food. Like, he's just in the scene. It's Apollo and Rocky talking about, you know, Apollo wants to get out of retirement, do this exhibition fight. Yep. That it's very, very important to him. And Polly's just over there in his wife feeder. You're right. He is George R. Binks. Yeah, he's just being Jar Jar Binks at this point, right? Yeah, and music starts playing, and Apollo's like, what the what the fuck is this music? And it's the robot coming in and bringing Polly a beer. And it's like, see you later, sport, because now the robot has a girl voice. Right, uh, the feminine voice it now has, a very obviously supposed to be a uh, sexy feminine voice for Polly. And Polly's like, she loves me. That's my girl. Thanks, honey. You're welcome. It's a nice song. It's my favorite. You're the greatest. See you, sport. See you. Paul, who taught her to talk like that? She loves me. Huh? Uh, my note there is, Polly is fucking the robot. So apparently the robot uh, was created by International Robotics, and uh, was eventually the initial voice is the company's CEO, Robert Dornick, and it was called by its engineers as SICO, I guess, and is a member of the Screen Actors Guild, and it uh, toured with James Brown in the 1980s. It toured with James Brown? <laughs> yep. But, um... After Polly, we'll, we'll see James Brown in a minute. <laughs> yeah, not with this robot. Like he was on the set of Rocky Four, and he's like, "Yo, what you doing with that robot? I'll take That's, the robot." <laughs> I, I I got to imagine that is exactly what happened. I want the robot on my stage, and then like I got this idea for a song. It's like, "I feel good," and then the robot goes, "Beep boop 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 boop." That's right. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> but no, after Polly announces that he's fucking the robot, basically. Paulo's like, what are you eating? No, no, he's reading comics. And Polly's like, comics help keep your fertility. I'm like, why are you concerned about your fertility, Polly? Are you trying to impregnate the robot? 
Oh, Polly and half robot children. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's so cute. It's Brawly! You may know me as Rocky Balboa's brother-in-law, and the good-looking man that's always sure of him on the ringside. But I'm not here today to talk to you about boxing. No, I got a more important message for you today. Look, if you got a robot at home, and you're probably anything like me, you probably fucked that robot. Whether you got it for your birthday, your party, yourself, it eventually happened. That's okay, I understand. I was the same way. Got this robot for my birthday, and it wasn't that interesting in f at first, but after she started bringing me beers and always saying, Happy birthday party. I just couldn't help it. Wasn't even a week before I was bending over that robot, hacking a handful of Vaseline and going right into that hard disk drive. Now, at first, that was renewed vigor. That interest in sex again, that feeling that you're 17 years old and nothing could stop. But, with that comes a new fertility, and make no mistake, that robot can't get knocked out. Don't believe that lying chrome slut when she says she can't. I gotta to get her wires tied. I don't know, some fucking crazy person put a womb in that thing. And so please take my advice. If you're going to fuck your birthday robot, use a rubber. And that's the thing for Paul. Rocky is like, I get what you want to do, Apollo, you know. And so they're they're watching the their fight from Rocky 2. And um Apollo is very much like, hey, you know, it's crazy how much they care about you in the ring. They care about you when you're bleeding, but the moment you step out, it's like your ancient history. And Rocky's like, well, to take your fight is not against a Russian, but it's you fighting you. And because this is like a big theme of the movie is Rocky's like, man, you got to change. You're getting old. We got we all got to change because we're, we're, we're aging. Right. We're right. And as someone who's turning 40 this year, um, yeah, you're facing. I'm facing that right now. It's uh, it's, it's uh, it was definitely hitting home this time. Like, damn, like Rocky, yeah. Rocky spitting truth. And that's a big theme of this movie is change. Because Apollo's like, I don't want to change. I like who I am. Oh, I like who you are too, Apollo. But let's face it, that ain't us anymore. We're changing. We're turning yeah. into regular people. And that's that's the idea. Is you know, Apollo's not able to let go of his the ideal his ideal self. Yeah, he's telling Rocky's like you maybe you think you're changing. You can't change. I I I this is who I am. Rocky's like, oh okay, Apollo. You go go do your thing. But it's weird because uh like the theme here is like people changing. Yeah. But Rocky's application of this theme is not consistent for him. No. Because here he's like, hey, you can change. We need to change then later in the movie, he's like, nobody can change. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, yeah, everybody can change. He's all uh, over the, the change spectrum. Probably a stages of grief sort of thing, right? Probably, yeah. 
Like he's just so blinded by his his sadness and regret. But I mean, we'll get there. We haven't quite got to. And so Apollo goes to the the big press release. You know, so he's there with his people, and Drago's there with his people. And Apollo's like, "Hey, it's the per- it's my personal responsibility to teach this guy how to fight the American way." <laughs> And um, Drago's not saying much to Apollo's ribbon. It's like, hey, the man's tongue didn't come through customs. Yeah, Apollo's doing the Apollo thing. Yeah, he's got all this pride. He's overconfident. Talking a lot of shit, you know, making jokes. I mean, that's just his character, right? He's just being himself. Yeah, he's doing a good good press conference is what he's doing. Yeah, he's like, I've retired more men than Social Security. Because he's he's, he's selling the fight with, you know, his bravado and his charisma and stuff like that. And everybody in America knows that this is an act. Right. That this is what they do to sell the fight. Drago does not realize this at all. The Russians are like, why are you insulting us? What are you, the fuck is wrong with you, Apollo? Yeah, apparently the Russians are not aware of, like... How to what what American sports promotion is like? Yeah, which is a lot of shit. Which is a lot of shit talk. I, they are now, but and so then they try to shit talk Apollo, but they're being honest, and Apollo's like, "Whoa, hey, fuck you guys! This is all in good fun." Right? Yeah, he takes offense to the kind of like dickery. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely an interesting scene. Well, you know, some folks got to learn the hard way. <laughs> no quick knockout prediction. No, 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 I'm not angry with him. See, I just want to show the whole world that Russia doesn't have all the best athletes. Rocky, <laughs> how do you think training? Apollo should fight Drago? Well, personally, I think the first thing you better get Apollo is a ladder. Drago, how does it feel to spar with the great former champion? <laughs> The man's tongue didn't come through customs. My husband is very happy to have this opportunity. It's his dream. Dream? Uh, how do you mean? In our country, Apollo Creed is well known and very respected. It could be a good victory. Whoa! Whoa. Hey, wait, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Oh. When? <clears throat> you don't really think you're gonna whip me, now, do you? Well, you didn't come here to lose. Well, you hold on, little lady. You hold on. Because lose and lose royally, he's going to do. How can you be so sure? Well, I've been with the best, and I beat the best. I've retired more men than Social Security. <laughs> Excuse me. You are not very realistic, are you, Mr. Creed? Where did you come from? What are you talking about? You can box, yes, but you are far too old to think that you can win over Drago. Oh, is that a fact? Yes, and it could be a painful one. Huh. You put that heavy bag with eyeballs in the ring with me, and you're going to see the meaning of pain. Why do you insult us? Now, you just hold on here. Don't make me out to be the bad guy. I came here to talk about a friendly exhibition bout till Comrade Big Mouth started. Right. It's you who are the aggressor. Mr. This is obvious. I, don't want to I this, wish man. to say to the press, in all fairness, Drago should not even fight this man. Oh, come on. Because he is a has-been. Oh, oh, you get, get that big chump in the ring right Mr. now. Mr. Carl, I'm And Drago takes it all deadly serious to where he goes and he he beats up the cardboard cutout of Apollo. Yeah. He, he decides right then, he's like, I will, I'm going to kill this man 
Fuck the him. Roid, the roid rage is real. Yeah, because like once Apollo gets out of the press conference, he's like, "Hey, Rocky, how'd I do?" He's like, "Oh, good, a little loud. I don't think the Russians quite got what you were doing because that's yeah, everybody that's else Drago knew. beating up the Apollo cutout." Yeah, everybody. I mean, everybody else knew. It was like, "Oh, it's just you know, it's just a little pregame shit talk." Like that's just that's American sports. Yeah, and then we're right to um, we don't get training montages for this fight. Nope. Only Rocky nope. gets training montages. Apollo? Apollo, nah. Apollo only gets to be in training montages if they're with Rocky, like in Rocky yeah. 3. So, so Apollo, he has this uh, dialogue with Rocky where about he's feeling good. I feel so good I could eat nails. Rocky's like, you know, I, I never tried to eat those things. <laughs> what do you mean, snails? I see them in the garden, but I never wanted to eat them. Oh, Rocky. Oh, that CTE. I know. And Rocky, in early. Rocky's like, I'm gonna get him in two to three rounds at the most. And Rocky's like, No, no, man, you 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 ain't been in the ring for like five years. Just maintain yourself. Maybe postpone a couple of weeks to train a bit more. Like you could really seriously get hurt here, Apollo. Yeah, the implication is that Apollo wasn't taking it very seriously. He hadn't been conditioning and training. Yeah. And Apollo's like, but this is the most important fight. We can't postpone it. This isn't just an exhibition. It's us against them. Like, he's almost single-handedly fighting the Cold War. Right. And then um, everyone's getting ready for the fight. We get Ludmilla Drago meeting Mrs. Apollo Creed. And everyone's ready for just, like, a good, clean exhibition fight. And as Drago comes out, we get the fucking living in America for Apollo. Yeah, like, and you wonder why the Russians have, like, man, Americans are fucking just a land of excess. Oh, yeah, because James Brown is, there's fucking airplanes flying around in here. There's it's circus a, performers and showgirls. It's at the MGM Grand in Vegas, so there's showgirls, yeah. James Brown strutting around, fucking Apollo Creed in a giant Uncle Sam hat doing a little dance with James yeah, and they're living in America. <laughs> I remember seeing this for the first time and thinking it was excessive. I'm like, God damn. Polly's robot is dancing. No. I don't I'm, think Polly's robot's missing. No. Um, Thankfully. Polly's there. He, he's hanging out Polly's. right with them. And even all of the Russians, because Drago's like, what the fuck is this? And then eventually yeah. all the other Russians are like, it's still going on? What the shit? <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's got an animatronic boar head all decked out with American flags. It's insane. <laughs> and even oh, yeah. Adrian looks across, like, at Rocky ringside and is like, oh, hands up, like, the fuck? The fuck is this? And Rocky's yeah, like, I don't know. I don't think Rocky was involved in the planning stages. Of, but uh, cocaine is a hell of a drug, and so there was, there's James Brown. And um, we go through the entire song. Yeah. This is a good five minutes of this. And then everyone cheers for Rocky, even though he's just Apollo's corner man. <laughs> right, because everyone loves Rocky. And then they start announcing Apollo and his 8,000 nicknames. Um, there's the Dancing Destroyer. In this ring, the Dancing Destroyer, the King of Sting, the Count of Monte Fisto. I the did like Counting Monte Fisto. I did too. And even Rocky's like, how many nicknames you got, Apollo? Yeah. He's like, oh, there's just a few more. Hold on. <laughs> Before they finally say, Apollo Creed! And over here is Ivan Drago. He's the 
Siberian Express. He gets the one name. But, like, the whole time that this is going on, Apollo's, like, dancing around the ring, you know, waving to the audience, like, working the crowd. And the Russians are like, what the fuck is this man doing? Because they don't get the American culture associated with it. Right, the the showmanship aspect of it. Yeah. Because that's all, like, boxing is like that. Like, boxing is just... A lot of showmanship. I mean, even at one point, Apollo is like, he's wearing that big old red, white, and blue hat, and he's leaning across the ropes, pointing at the audience, going, I want you! I want you! And um, so it's finally like, okay, here's the fight. And Drago just goes, you will lose. Yeah. He's learned a a sentence. Yeah. And so we get the fight itself. Which, yeah, it's going to go two or three rounds at the most. Yep. Well, Apollo doesn't have the reach. Because Draco's like, what, 6'7"? Yeah, Dolph Lundgren is a giant human being. So Apollo's trying to dance around, but like he can't stay out of Drago's reach safely. And Drago just, once he gets a punch in on Apollo, it's just he unloads. And Rocky's telling Apollo to get out of there, get out of there. Nope, but Drago just fucking pummels him into a mess. And so Rocky wants to call the fight. I'll get more into this. Because Creed is like, no, no, do not stop this fight. You don't stop this fight no matter what. Because Creed yeah. just goes back out there. Even his wife is like, stop the fight. He goes out there and he's just getting the shit beat out of him again and again and again. And um, Rocky keeps lifting the towel to throw it in and Apollo's like, no, no. And then the final slow motion killer punch. And Apollo's dead. <laughs> yeah, let's really go into what exactly killed him. Well, being hit in the head a whole lot. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of people have punched pretty damn hard in boxing. Like, Tyson never killed anybody. Yeah, but here's one thing I think here. I think Apollo knew from the outset that this was going to be what happens. Yeah, I, yeah. have you seen the movie The Wrestler? Yeah, it's exactly that. It, it it feels like it's the same sort of, like, he wants to go out there and die in the ring. I think when he... He knew from the second he told Rocky, like, hey, let me do an exhibition fight with Drago, that this would be the outcome. Because of all this stuff about, like, we can't change. I don't want to become a normal person. Yeah, he he wants to die in the ring. Yeah, he wanted to die as a warrior. That's the only thing that mattered to him. Like, boxing was the only thing that mattered to him, and he realizes it's slipping away from him. I think you're right. I think that is is definitely... An interpretation I had of it, too. Yeah, that uh, this was essentially Apollo's planned suicide. And Drago, once he's killed Apollo, he's like on the, the, the full steroid high and he's screaming, I cannot be defeated! I defeat all man! Soon I defeat real champion! If he dies, he dies! Classic. Take so much money. 
Can somebody get him back down there? There is no movement by Green. Get that right elbow. I just need all that. Get that thing out of here. Salute pandemonium. Look at that back. We're going to be. You can do it. Jordan. And you're the real champion. Push the stretcher. Somebody sent Parsa. What started out as a joke has turned out to be a disaster. Creed appears to be in very serious condition. The men are dying. You can make If he dies, he dies. And Rocky stares down Drago before we go to Apollo's funeral. And there's a line here where Rocky's like, hey, you always did everything the way you wanted. So now I get it. And I'm like, oh, even Rocky knows. Yeah. Yeah, he said he didn't get it before, but now he gets it. It's very sad. It is sad. And so Rocky's going to fight Drago now. He's like, I'm going to do it. Drago, yo, you killed Apollo. And he actually gives up his championship because the WVC or whoever the hell he had his title with wouldn't sanction the fight. He had to give up. So he's like, yeah, I'll go to Russia. I'll fight him there. I don't, I'll give up my title. I don't care. This is something I have to do. Yeah. And they're like, you don't have the, the, the strength or the genetics to win. It's physically impossible. And Rocky announces that he's not making money for this fight. It's going to be on December 25th because that's what they picked, you know. And he's going to go train in in Siberia. Yeah, in the cold. In the cold. Um, and Drago has had to return to Russia. Like Ludmilla, like we had to go to Russia after all of the threats of violence in America after we killed Apollo. Ludmilla has a good line here. She's like, "You have us believe that you're better than us. You have us believe that you are so good and that we are so very bad." I'm like, yeah, she's got a point about propaganda and xenophobia. Yep. And then Polly says something about you fucking Cossacks, and they're like, you <laughs> Being a horrible human being, as he usually is. Yes, so it's just a bunch of xenophobia flying around this room. Yeah. Um, I think one of the promoters is, is like, the fight will be an example of how pathetically weak your American society has become. Blah! <laughs> yeah, that guy's kind of an ass. Meanwhile, Rocky doesn't say a goddamn word. <laughs> Because none of this shit, all this, none of this matters to Rocky. Rocky's doing this for like one thing, and that's for Apollo. Like this is something he he feels he has to do. He doesn't care about any of the politics, anything surrounding it. It's just it's personal. Yep. So he goes to train in Russia, Russia, in Siberia, which is actually filmed in Wyoming. Yeah, just pretty good stand-in for Siberia. Uh, we we did skip a scene that I like where he's having a conversation with his wife. Yes, that's an Rocky's, important conversation. Rocky's speeches is, is actually pretty like it definitely moved me. Um, well, is it the part where he's like, "I'm a fighter"? That's what you married. We can't change who we are. Yeah, because he's having a lot of doubts after watching you know Apollo and doubting who he is and what his you know his his place in the world. Yeah. And you can tell that he's a defeated man. He's doing this out of responsibility, and it's just like a sense of like I have to do this. But yeah, he he, he know he goes he's going there knowing full well he probably is going to lose and he might die. But he feels like he has to does it any do it anyway. If I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go like Apollo. <laughs> well, he says you can't change anything in your tree, and all we can do is just go with what we are. And she's like, no, everybody can change, Rocky. I just think this it's very well delivered by 
Stallone here. Stallone. I was like, oh yeah, Stallone's a good. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, Stallone's a good actor. Sometimes you forget that. And a decent writer. Yeah. Before there were reasons to fight, I could understand, but I don't understand this. Even if you win, what have you won? Apollo's still gone. Why can't you change your thinking? Everybody else does. Because I'm a fighter. That's the way I'm made, Adrian. That's what you marry. We can't change what we are. Yes, you can. We can't change anything, Adrian. All we can do is just go with what we are. You can't go with what you are. Have you read the papers? Do you know what everybody says? It's suicide. You've seen him. You know how strong he is. You can't win. Adrian always tells the truth. No, maybe I can't win. Maybe the only thing I can do is just take everything he's got. But the baby, he's going to have to kill me. And to kill me, he's going to have to have the heart to stand in front of me. And to do that, He's got to be willing to die himself. I don't know if he's ready to do that. But he goes out driving in his cars. We get this montage, which is set to the song No Easy Way Out by Robert Tepper. <laughs> and it's one of those like montage songs that's singing specifically about what's going on. Like the lyrics are like, you're a boxer and your wife says you can change, but you can't change. You got to get revenge for Apollo. It's literally the song montage. (laughs) It's all these flashbacks of the other movies of like him fighting Apollo, him fighting a lot of him meeting Adrian and all of his courtship with Adrian from the first movie, his son being born in the second movie. It's funny because I'm watching this movie and go, man, Stallone looks really young. And then they show clips from Rocky 1. It's like, holy shit, he was young. <laughs> yeah. We also get a ton of shots of Apollo dying and, and Drago. But then we also have clips from the training montages from all the other movies. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, it's a montage of montages. We've reached montageception. It's the Ur montage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it plays the whole damn song. So Polly's going to, with uh, Rocky to Siberia, and he's got to say goodbye to his robot. And the robot's like, did you pack your toothbrush, Polly? You know the tobacco stains your teeth. If I told you once, I told you a thousand times. So now the robot is nagging wife. Right. And Polly rolls his eyes, and he's like, oh, I'm going to have her wires tied when I get back. I'm like... But you really think she's going to get pregnant? That you have to sterilize a robot? Yeah, Polly's a shit. Rocky has this this speech as he says goodbye to the kid. And it's yeah. mostly about like, oh, you got to go one more round. Like, when you think you're down, you got to get up and go another round. And like, it's mostly CTE talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does uh, does have a habit of, of uh, mumble, mumbling stream of conscious thought. Yeah, because uh, he shouts back at his kid. He's like, don't forget to feed the robot. <laughs> the robot doesn't need to be fed. It's a robot. So, yeah, we get another song as they're arriving in Russia. A little bit of travel montage with Burning Heart by Survivor. Who did I yeah. of the Tiger? 
Yes, the second Survivor song. Yeah, they do, do Burning Heart, which is like they're still like, you're flying to Russia on an airplane, you're gonna train in Siberia! <laughs> it's another song that's like literally just about what's going on the screen at that moment. Hello, it is me, Contributor, and this is my review of the movie Four Rocks. This is a great movie. In Four Rocks, Sylvester Stallone plays the famous puncher Vox. His best friend Apollo was beheaded by the Russian puncher named Ivan Drago. So, Vox and his robots embark on a bloody battle for revenge and world peace. Not surprising, punching violence is common, including the death of a birthday robot. There was some blood on the human faces from the punches, but also some from the robot. In the movie's only montage, the Russian puncher is shown to be injecting all sorts of crazy drugs. My daughter, Dora the Explorer, is a great puncher and loves these kinds of movies. Even though they have some profanity words like dang, funk ass, and heck, Jane Austen saw the film and said, Four Rocks is the last breath. The film's really predictable that watching it is like drinking from an old bathtub where the water was never changed and it will make you die again and again. I agree with Jane Austen and feel that Four Rocks is a good movie. I give it a award of 73 out of 84 stars. You can find me at contributor.blog. Spelled normally K-O-N-T-R-I-B-U-T-O-R dot blog. Contributor, out. So Rocky's training facility is a shack in the middle of Siberia. Just like in the middle of fucking nowhere on this mountain. And Polly's like, no, this is below human standards. There's no robots. Yeah, I know. Polly's just whining. It's like, you tagged along with this. You didn't have to go, you idiot and then he falls down in the snow and he can't get up and he's just blubbering and rolling in the snow going rocky help me help me rocky so we get another montage how about that yeah um uh, it's it's a it's a dual dual training montages because we got rocky running around doing his rocky kind of old-fashioned training you know he's pulling around polly like a sled dog meanwhile drago is at the future gym yeah, I like I like the contrast because it's showing the contrast, but also like the similarities between the two of them. Yeah, and they're both putting all a hundred percent in. Like, I've got to try to be my best to kill this other human being. Yep. And then, um, the song that's playing is an instrumental one that that has that Conti feel. Yeah. Um, but no, it's by Vince Ducola, and the song's just called "Training Montage." Like you see it on the soundtrack, you go, which fucking one? (laughs) (laughs) Which one of the four? Because Adrian shows up and she's like, I'm here to support you, Rocky. Okay, let's go into the next montage. Because we have another training montage immediately. We have like one scene in between before we go into it. We have a a chain of montages here. Yeah, because we have training montage number two. This time the music is... Hearts on fire. I love this song. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a fucking banger. It's a John Cafferty song. Yeah, written by Vince DiCola and and can you guess who co-wrote it? Uh, Joe Esposito. Yes, Joe Esposito. Yeah, 
I mean, that's kind of his. Joe, you're the best around, Esposito. Yeah, that's basically the same song. Yeah. We will go through, but this is just Rocky training. We don't have Drago training in this one. Does your chest feel like it's being beat by a Russian boxer? Does acid reflux leave you feeling like a side of beef Rocky was using to train with? For those times when your heart's on fire, there's Tums. Have too much spaghetti at that last midnight Super Bowl party? Take some Tums. Knock that heartburn out with a punch of relief from Tums. Tums starts working right away and neutralizes stomach acid at the source. So no more of this hearts on fire. With Tums, you can get that eye of the tiger feeling once again and go back for the thrill of the fight. Now, apparently, there's, like, all these people that falsely believe that Final Countdown was the song that was used here. Oh, yeah, it does kind of sound like that, doesn't it? To where they think it's a Mandela effect. Yeah. But Final Countdown came out in 1986. This has always been Hearts of Fire. Yeah. You know, we get Rocky weightlifting, then he runs to the top of the mountain, and he's shouting, Drago! Drago! Yeah, that's... One of the cheesier moments of the movie, but it works. Yep. And so now it's time for fight. So Gorbachev is even at this fight, you know? Yes. Gorbachev. They're in Moscow. Moscow. It's a big fight. Gorbachev's there. The whole polar bear's there. Yep. Gorbachev is played by David Lloyd Austin. He also played Gorbachev in The Naked Gun. (laughs) And Rocky Jr.'s at home. He's like, my dad's fighting. My dad's fighting. The robot is dressed up as Santa. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because it's Christmas Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That reminds me. Polly goes, what about the Rose Bowl game? I'm like, Polly, you dumb fuck. The Rose Bowl is on, on January 1st. The fight's on December 25th. You'll be home before the Rose Bowl, you idiot. Well, I got a bunch of robot sex to make up for. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be spending the entire month having just nothing but robot sex. He's gonna miss the Rose Bowl, not because he's in Russia at the time, but because there's just too much backlog of robot sex, and because he's decided to sterilize the robot, he can just do this guilt free since he's paranoid about knocking her up, knocking up the robot. Yeah, that that's got to be in one of the Creed movies. Is the Polly Robot Baby has to be that'll, somebody that Creed fights? I'm being Creed for no Creed. Creed 4 slash Rocky 10 part 1, Rocky X part 1, is going to have Rocky flying a spaceship to take Creed to fight club a cyborg clever laying on a right. volcano planet. It's, yeah, in space, right, exactly. Yeah, and the Polly robot baby will be there with them. So, now that they're in the Soviet Union, it's all cheers for Drago, booze for Rocky, and the Russian national anthem plays with a gigantic pot painting of Drago. These people don't fuck around. There is no Russian James Brown and all of that bullshit that we had. It is very patriotic, but patriotic in a much more traditional, less, like, bombastic way. Yeah, they do their national anthem, and then they sit the fuck down. (laughs) They cheer for their guy. 
they they boo the boo Rocky. And Drago goes, I must break you. They're toe-to-toe. The Russian towers above the American. It's a true case of David and Goliath here. It's unbelievable, the, the, the condition of both men, but the Russian I must break you. Notice the, the must. Uh, it really emphasizes the fact that he's essentially under national pressure. To to do this, yeah, I have that same note too. That it's <clears throat> demanded of him that he do it. It's not like he's doing it because he wants to. It's the country's kind of like, to. yeah. He, he doesn't say, "I will break you." I must break you, I, not I because must. he wants to, but I have to. It's a mandatory thing. He's like, "Please let me break you," because yeah. I'm dead if I don't. Yeah, essentially. I mean, that's 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 what that's what the vibe is. And it gives you a little bit of, you know, you feel a little sympathy for Drago, who's kind of forced into the situation. You have to remember, Drago is also part of the Soviet military. Oh, yeah. They established that as well. So he is deeply ingrained in the Soviet uh, power structure. He's kind of like, this is, you have to go out there and do this for your country. Yep. And so the fight is on. And at first, well, because it plays out the same as these fights do in movies. Rocky's, but man, it's a visceral one. Yeah, Rocky starts getting the shit beat out of him like right off the bat, but he's taking it better than Apollo. Well, that's always been Rocky's thing, right? Like he just takes a billion punches to the face. Yeah, and then he comes back at the end. Yeah, that's like how, that's his fight style. That's why he has the most CTE of CTE. Yeah, when you use your face as a shield, and so he uh he starts coming back, but they they they're back and forth through the montage. Yet another montage. And uh, apparently the the first parts of this uh, fight were all, like, real. They decided they were actually going to do full contact. Huh. And uh, fucking Dolph Lundgren put pistol load in the hospital, the ICU. Damn. With what that was 1850 it? PSI punch. What was it? Let me, let me look it up. It actually said what happened to him during this... Uh, um, during this boxing sequence. So what had happened was they wanted to capture a realistic scene, so they engaged in legitimate sparring. One particularly forceful Lundgren punch. Stallone's chest slammed his heart against his breastbone, causing it to swell. Ow! Stone, Stallone suffered from later breathing and over 200 blood pressure, so he was flown from the set in Canada to St. John's Regional in Santa Monica. And it went into intensive care for eight days. Damn! Stone Lone later commented he believed that Lundgren could have been a professional heavyweight boxer. Yeah. But we montaged through rounds 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Uh, it tells us on screen every time the round changes in the middle of the montage, the number flies past. And Rocky's determination starts to win over the crowd. Yeah, they're impressed with how long he is just able to take his punch from this machine of a man yeah well you got a uh, rocky's buddy and they're not polly the other dude duke the, the duke the trainer who's actually apollo's trainer yeah who's like you cut him you hurt him he's not a machine he's a man no pain no pain and um drago meanwhile once he he's starting to get a little more like hey i will win this for myself for myself you know not for for you motherfuckers I'm winning this for me. 
And yeah, and Drago points out he's like he's made of steel, like he just won't break. Yeah, well, he does. Rocky is like to the end, and he well, runs no, yeah, in there. I mean, well, I, I he's Drago saying that about Rocky. He's telling his trainers in Russian, he's like steel, like he's made of steel. Mm-hmm. Rocky is a tough one. By the way, Stallone, holy shit, is he cut? Oh yeah, he is just. Like, when you see him from the well, beginning they of the movie... they both are. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, they're both in phenomenal shape, but, man, Stallone gets swole for the end of this movie. Oh, that kind of cut. So oh, yeah, yeah, Like, all oh, the blood gushing down their faces. Oh, yeah, no, they're, they're beat to shit, but, I mean, like, they're in, like, phenomenal shape. Like, But especially Stallone, who just looks fucking ridiculous in this last scene of the movie. Yeah, and so he finally does get Drago knocked down in the last round, and Rocky wins... And, and what's he say? Yes, he goes, if he delivers this whole speech about, you know, I didn't know what you guys would think of me, and I didn't know what I'd think of you, and you guys hated me, so I kind of started hating you. But then over the course of the fight, you started liking me, so I started liking you guys a bit better. And so that if I can change, and you can change, you know, the whole world can change. And yep. Everyone's like a plotting, Gorbachev's up there standing up applauding with the whole fucking Soviet Politburo. And the Cold War is over, like that. Yep. I came here tonight I didn't know what to expect. I seen a lot of people hating me and I didn't know what to feel about that, so I guess I didn't like you much, none either. I think that I during this fight, I've seen a lot of changing. The way you felt about me and the way I felt about you. In here, there were two guys killing each other. But I guess that's better than 20 million. So I думаю, что это лучше, чем даже 20 миллионов долларов. So what I'm trying to say is that if I can change, я думаю, что каждый тоже изменился. And you can change. Вы можете измениться. Everybody can change. Каждый может измениться. Rocky ends the Cold War with his with his beautiful speech following a boxing match in Moscow. The next scene, Gorbachev and Reagan are hugging as they destroy all their nuclear weapons together. They're both out there with sledgehammers at the wall, knocking it down together, giving fist bumps, giving the Arnold Carl Weathers yeah. like predator. Re- Reagan goes, Gorbachev, tear this wall down! And Gorbachev goes, fuck yeah, bro! Yeah. And they do a fist bump and swing oh. their hammers in unison. And then credits. No, that's not actually how the movie ends, but it might as well have been. Yeah, it just ends with Hearts of Fire playing as everybody cheers. Yeah, yeah. Stallone, or Rocky finishes telling his kid he should be fucking sleeping, but, you know, I love you, happy, Merry Christmas, and then, yeah. yeah. Hearts of Fire plays, everyone cheers, credits. So where's this on the coffee scale? I fucking love this movie. This is 6 a.m. Starbucks? Yeah, I'll take this. I love this movie. I, it's it's such a fun movie, and uh, I, I just... 
And the ending is so fucking cheesy. It's like Rocky literally ends the Cold War after winning a boxing match. Like, what the fuck? Come on. I place it there, too. Because even though the, the montages feel dragged out, they're all to this fucking banger song, so they're still yeah, good. Yeah, the, the songs are great, yeah. So the, they, they pick some great music to play over these endless montages. I mean, it is montage, the movie, but man, it's, yeah. it's just fun. And there's, you know, there's some subtle knocks at... Uh, I know it gets a lot of critique for being overly patriotic, but I'm not. I'm not actually convinced that's the case. I think that there's there's critique about the bombacity of the United States sports culture, especially. Well, I also think that that the patriotism helps with the point of how set people are in their ways. That the patriotism of a lot of people have taken so much propaganda that they don't think. It, they can change or the other side can change. That's what you get with that fight when Rocky announces that he's going and you get Polly yeah. and those managers just screaming all that hatred at each other. And it's just pure propaganda that they've each swallowed. Yeah, this is definitely, it has always felt more like a, a call for peace than it was like, hey, America's the best. Yeah. It's like, hey, we have a, more in common than, than we don't have in common. How about we put aside some of our bullshit and you know, get along. It actually, when I was watching the movie, I'm sitting there going, you know what? I don't know enough about Soviet Russia from a position of not having read it in the United States, which is very heavily filtered through the bias of anti-Soviet, you know, propaganda. And I'm like, can I find minimally biased? Look, I, you know, I have a degree in history. I'm fully aware that every bit of history is biased. History is inherently biased. The writers, you cannot, we're all subconsciously biased about something, everybody. So the trick is to find as many diverse sources that attempt to be as academic as possible to try to piece together what happened. Doing my cursory introduction to trying to find some books, one of the Russians, because someone was asking the same question on uh, recommend me, books uh read it and there was a russian who came in and said you're trying to break down something very complicated but here's something to start with <laughs> so even even amongst russians it's a complicated feeling the soviet union is like it's not like oh it was great or oh it was awful we were slaves it's it's there it's it's a complicated thing and i'm, I'm extremely curious about it because you know as an american we're always, we were, you know, growing up, oh, Soviet, bad. You know, we're, they're always the villains in our movies and shit, right? They were but, throughout the 80s, yeah. And obviously now Russia, obvi you know, the, the political situation, and I, I, I don't know enough about Russia-Ukrainian politics, but I do think invading a sovereign nation, regardless of what your reasons is, is probably not okay. So. But what was it like just on the ground level, on the day-to-day -day for your average Soviet citizen. Well, let's was get it in a time machine and find out. I know, and that's the problem. It's like, how do I see that through a filtered through not an American lens? I have to find literature that, that is written post-Soviet era because, you know, oh, yeah. government, government censorship. Because, you know, let's be honest, I mean, the, the Soviet Union did have a bit of a dictatorship. The question is, how pervasive was it for the average person? We always had this, like, we always had this image in our head as Americans that it was just like constant oppression for everybody but the top. You know, that's why this, that's why communism is evil. Look how evil these men are. But 
I don't know if that affected them on a day-to-day basis. What actually life in the Soviet Union yeah. was like. Well, like if you look at the history of Russian literature, like it's all good up until the end of the 19th century, and then it's just a void of nothing until after, and then you get you know arts come back. But I mean, there was arts during the Soviet Union, but it's just we got little, and what we have is. Well, we got the films of Sergei Eisenstein, who really um, made big strides in what filmmaking is, even though he was making Soviet propaganda films. Like, they show Battleship Potemkin in film schools, because what yeah. he did with that film visually is amazing, even though it is straight-up propaganda. It's, um, it's a it's a tough nut to crack. And actually, my my daughter has been obsessed with the movie Trolls World Tour. Lately, oh. and um, they, there's a scene where they go to the, the whoever the funk trolls are, and they learn that the pop trolls were the ones who caused all the the, the schism in the past. And they, uh, the one of them says, "Yeah, that's all the scrapbooks and are are made and glittered by the victors." And it actually is like my that my daughter has <laughs> that's a great quote. <laughs> because the you know, the trolls use scrapbooks to describe their history, but it's the, basically the idea is all the stuff that. That Poppy, who's the, the main character for people who haven't seen this movie, has has been told were written because the pop trolls were the were the top dog. The victors to so the books, <laughs> and that was their whole you know thing. And so I feel like that's the same with us. We we have this revisionist history, and like my daughter told me that today, like getting into the car, and I'm like, that is absolutely true, sweetheart. History is it's very difficult to tell what is actually true. So, because history is always written by the victors. We've gotten so, really, really off topic, though. <laughs> well, we're talking about Russia, so yeah, I, I, I I'm, I'm rambling today because I have thoughts, That's and I'm, uh, I'm in a political mood. I guess I don't know. I'm, it's that time of year. It's been a political couple weeks here lately. It's, uh, it's rough times, and uh, you know, I, I'd like to learn a little. I. I I just want more knowledge. I want to understand more. I want to know how much of what we've learned about communism and the Soviet Union and China is all bullshit. Because I bet you at least 50% of what we were taught is bullshit. U.S. history, U.S. culture. Appreciate the good parts and acknowledge and and respect our fuck-ups. Because much like people, countries are not infallible and we all do stupid things and sometimes heinous things. And I assure you next week, we cannot get political with David Dakota movies. <laughs> nope. We will. It'll be much more goofy. Yeah. It'll be deadly invasion vibe again. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for bringing everything down. I've had a lot of like, Oh, it's fine. I've had a lot of post-colonial like, communism thoughts going on in my head in the last few months. So yeah. this was the time for me to get that out. So the next couple weeks actually are going to be, just David Dakota. So next yep. week we're starting Goofy. with Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolarama. And then yep. bonus episode. A wonderful bonus episode you'll have to find out. Yeah. It'll be it'll be less somber. Yes. It'll be back to back to normal next week, I guess. But we will catch you then, everyone. Good night. Good night. <laughs>